Hey guys, this is Russ, and this is the Overlooked Podcast. Today we're going to take a look into the disappearance of Christian Michael Muse. Christian is an African-American male who was 19 years old at the time that he went missing. He's about 28 years old today. Christian was last seen in the Glass Manor area of Oxon Hill, Maryland. His father, Michael, said his son Christian disappeared from their Prince George County home July 15, 2012. Now, it appears Christian's family was not immediately concerned when he hadn't showed up or they hadn't heard from him. His father explained that Christian was experimenting with drugs at the time of his disappearance. He told reporters, just like a lot of teens, Christian was experimenting with drugs and to what degree, I don't know. I know sometimes depending on the situation or the type of drug, memory loss could happen. But around the fifth day and family still had not heard from him, had not seen him, This was more than disappearing to get, you know, some type of relief or something that was in character with him. On the fifth day, they decided to file a missing persons report. Now, as time passed, Christian's family, of course, grew more and more concerned. And about nine months after Christian's disappearance, his father reports that he was contacted by a D.C. police detective who was investigating a separate case that may have been linked to Christian's disappearance. So it's alleged that in some time before Christian vanished, that he was reportedly exploited by a group of adults who ran a child sex trafficking ring. This means that there is a possibility that Christian had information about said adults that could incriminate them. His father, Michael, told reporters, a D.C. detective who said he was working in conjunction with the FBI was questioning me, trying to find Christian and another group of boys to use as witnesses to solidify their case against these adults. And what's strange and scary is that he couldn't find any of the boys. And of course, at this point, Christian's family began to believe that something sinister may have happened. Christian family does not believe he would have left on his own accord. At the time, Christian had just completed some college courses in which he received honors, and he had plans to work as an HVAC technician that summer. Now, despite all the suspicious circumstances surrounding Christian's disappearance, the media did not give this case any attention until 2013. Now, keep in mind, he disappeared in 2012. His father, Michael, opened up a GoFundMe page in hopes of raising reward money for anybody that could come forward with information that could bring Christian home. On this page, he actually explains that the police told him that Christian's case was considered non-critical when he filed the missing persons report. Now, this happens in a lot of cases of adults that go missing without obvious signs of foul play. Um, the way that most police departments see it is that adults are not required to tell anyone that they're walking away from their life. They're not obligated to reach out to family and let family know that they're okay. And while this may be the case for some people, it's not the case for all people. And I personally believe that using police resources to just make sure someone is okay is worth it. Even if you find out, yeah, the person's okay, they're living in New Mexico, they're happy, they started a new life, that's fine. But now at least you get to go back and tell their family, hey, they are okay and they don't want to be um, reached out to. But the problem is that with this mindset, what can happen is that 
couple weeks, a couple months, sometimes a couple years later, some type of evidence come forward that shows that, hey, eh, it doesn't seem like this person walked away on their own. But by this time, evidence that could have been collected, witnesses that could have been talked to, scenes that could have been explored are now completely gone. And there's not much police can collect years later, months later, and sometimes even weeks later. Now, in 2018, on his GoFundMe page, Christian's father, Michael, stated, and I quote, After pressing the media for 16 months, there was finally a 48-second clip of televised news on my story. This story deserves more than 48 seconds. I know the police never really put any effort into looking for my son. Me nor anyone in my family have seen him or received one phone call from him in six years. I tried everything I can think of for the past six years to get more media attention, but to no avail. At this point, I am at my wits end worried about my son. The torture of all of this is just the not knowing aspect. I have exhausted my 401k to put up reward of $10,000. That reward has been posted for about four years now with no new information on his whereabouts. So at this point, I need to raise the stakes. I'd like your help to raise about $100,000 to offer as a reward to anyone who has information that will lead to his whereabouts. I hate to think the worst has happened, but at this point, my family and I just want closure. Six years of this hell on earth is far too much for anyone to bear. Someone knows something. I believe God put this on my heart to reach out to some good people who may see this and are willing to help. Please give for your heart. Any amount will help me reach my goal. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and God bless you. Michael is still trying to raise that $100,000. Um, so far, he has not reached it, um, but it's still open and you can still donate to it. I will give more information on how to find his page at the end of this episode. Now, in an interview with NBC Washington News, and I believe this is the 48 second interview his father was speaking of. His father, Michael, states that he works as a rideshare driver on the side, and every time that he's driving, he carries a sign pleading for the news about his youngest son, and he keeps it in his window as he drives. He said he never gives up hope as he's driving around on the busy streets. He still hopes that one day he will spot his son's face in a crowd. So things I do want to touch on in regards to this case is... One, yes, Christian was struggling with some traumatic experiences from his past. And it sounds like those experiences that actually kind of recently came to light to family around the time he disappeared. But his friends still have not heard from him. Now, family is one thing, but it seems like his friends, you know, they may have known more about the situation and what was going on. And yet still... As far as we know, none of them have heard anything from him. It's also important to note that his bank account has not been touched in all of these years. Now, there has been searches done in his usual hangout spot. No clues have been found. He was known to hang around the Swan Road area in Suitland and Crawford Street off of Minnesota Avenue in D.C. and also the Trinidad area of D.C., now, because this case has possible links to sex trafficking, 
I do want to know he can be anywhere just because he disappeared from DC it does not mean that we need to only focus on DC when we're talking about trafficking a lot of times individuals are moved to different locations they are um, very transient with um, trafficking and trafficking victims so I ask that even if you're listening to this and you're in Oklahoma even if you're listening to this and you're in London that keep that in mind when you go to my Instagram page and you look at his photos and you look at his pictures, search your memory. Maybe you saw him at a gas station a couple years ago. Maybe he looks just like the guy you see on the corner every Wednesday on your way to work. He disappeared from D.C., but that does not mean that he is still in D.C. and that the only evidence that we may one day find will be in D.C., I also want to talk about sex trafficking rings in general. Um, I believe in America, uh, there seems to be an idea that this is not an American issue, that that's an issue for those folks over there and those other countries. But the truth of the matter is, this is an issue right in our backyard. And specifically, let's talk about sex trafficking of young boys, as this is given even less attention as a whole, and we know less about the complexity and severity of how sex trafficking of boys work. In an article titled, Case Reveals Shame Trauma of Male Sex Trafficking Victims, which, by the way, can be found on APNews.com. Police had identified a sex trafficking ring that was specific to young boys in 2018 that tracked all the way back to the 1990s. That's almost 30 years of that particular ring running. And that's just one of the rings that we know of. It is not uncommon for victims of sex trafficking to deal with substance abuse and mental health problems due to the trauma placed upon them. I wanted to point this out because I know in articles they mentioned that Christian was experimenting with drugs at the time. But from what we can get from articles and from what we can get from statements family has made, it seems that he was possibly a victim of sexual exploitation earlier in his life. And it also seems that he may have been connected to a sex trafficking ring as a victim himself so him experimenting with drugs would not be uncommon as a lot of times people who are coping with trauma turn to drugs as a way to dull the pain now while victims of sex um, sexual exploitation and do a great amount of drama no matter the gender research has shown that males are less likely to come forward And the males that do come forward struggle with finding resources specific to their trauma. In an article I previously mentioned, Professor Samuel Jones found that only two out of 222 programs that received federal aid funding for anti-trafficking efforts were committed to fighting the trafficking of male victims. And this is especially sad considering that in 2016, a study done by the U.S. Department of Justice found that 36% of sex trafficking victims in a study of a thousand were male. And also, let me be clear, sexual orientation of the victims is irrelevant, though most of the predators are male. In that same study that I mentioned just a second ago, 
That study found that 53% of those victims identified as heterosexual. Now, the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime reported in 2012 that 25% of sex trafficking victims were male worldwide. It is estimated that 27% of all victims are children and one out of three of those children are boys, though we often don't hear about boy victims. In that very same article, a victim note was left and it stated, guilty, ashamed, and disgusted. What happened was an act of survival. I was taken advantage of. It was not my fault. It was not my fault. It was not my fault. This particular victim um, passed away um, a couple years ago. Um, it is alleged that he passed away in a in the midst of a crime in a car accident in which police were chasing him. Um, that is what is alleged. But a family member did come forward and said that, you know, he was someone who was struggling with substance abuse because of his past, because he was sexually exploited by grown men as a child. And as his note stated, he was just out here trying to survive. Having those type of traumatic experiences as a child before your brain is even fully developed does something to the spirit, does something to the soul, and does something to you as a whole. Again, it is not uncommon for victims of sexual exploitation to turn to drugs. And I want to remind everybody, a symptom... Drug addiction is just a symptom of trying to heal something internal with external means. Now, I bring all this up because oftentimes when we talk about cases of missing people and sex trafficking is mentioned, people tend not to take it as seriously. People think the rate of sex trafficking victim is kind of over uh, rated, that it's not really as high as the media makes it and that it's overhyped, but it is not. It is not in America. It's actually a big problem. Christian family believe there is a chance that he may have been a victim of sex trafficking. And I think it's something that we need to keep in mind when speaking on his case. And I say that because while there are few articles that talk about Christian's case at all, um, only when I'm able to get quotations from the father is this um, theory mentioned. I cannot find any quotes from police where they tie this into his case, but I think it's very important to keep in mind as one, the police really aren't talking, so we don't know what they know. Two, it really seems like police aren't giving this case any effort. It seems like they weren't in 2012, and it seems like they're not in 2021. Christian family has no reason to believe that he would have just walked away on his own free will and has not contacted family in all these years out of just self-isolation. His family is asking for tips, for answers, for their loved one to be brought home. Christian was somebody's baby. He was somebody's brother. And he's someone's friend. They miss him and they deserve to know where he is, if he's okay, and what happened. If you are interested in donating to his father's GoFundMe page, you can simply type in Michael Muse GoFundMe. It will be the first thing that pops up in your search result. I will also have links posted on the Overlook Instagram page. 
Um, if you have any additional information that could possibly lead to Christian's whereabout, please contact Prince George County Crime Stoppers at 1-866-411-TIPS. That's 1-866-411-TIPS. You can also contact the George County Police Department directly at 301-352-1200. That's 301-352-1200. The Prince George County Police also has a text line, which is 274637. That's 274637. Before you send a text message, be sure to type in PGPD at the beginning of your message and then send your message following that. There still is a cash reward available for any information that can lead to information about Christian's whereabouts or any information that can bring him home. Now, before I wrap up our case, I just want to ask that um, you guys like, subscribe, leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, follow our Instagram page. Um, And the reason I ask for that is because of the way that social media algorithms now work. Um, They show my page to new people, to people who already aren't following based on my likes, based on who likes my page. Uh, If you already follow a lot of missing pages, or you already follow um, a lot of true crime type pages, um, they will match my page with people who like things similar to you. Also, the same thing with subscribing and leaving reviews. My cases, my podcast is shown to people uh, based on how many people are already listening and how many people are already um, liking and interacting with my podcast. So I do ask that you do that. The more people that know about these cases, the more information we can have that comes through. And hopefully we can lead some people back home. We can give some families some closure. Another thing I wanted to point out before I end this episode is that if you have a case in particular that you want me to look into, whether it be someone that you know personally Or maybe it was just a case that you remember from your city that really did not get its due respect, really did not get a lot of police effort or a lot of media effort. Please feel free to reach out to me. You can reach out to me on any social media page that you follow. Again, we are on Instagram, also on YouTube, but also feel free to write me at theoverlookedpodcast at gmail.com. I check my email and all my social media pages daily, and I will try to get back to you as soon as I read it. As always, I ask that you guys stay safe, be vigilant, and keep your eyes and ears open. I'm going to post pictures of Christian. I'm also going to post um, some of his missing persons flyers. Be sure to share those things around. He may have been missing since 2012, but family has not given up hope. Family is still searching for him and family is still missing him. So I ask that even with some of these older cases that you still share, that you still keep them up to date and you still share them with others and remember these people's faces in case you come across them. 
Now, I do want to briefly state that uh, Miss Yvonne Covington Woods, I did an episode on her. She went missing on December 26, 2020. Um, She still has not been found. I'm asking that you guys still follow up with that case, that you go back to the page, look at her pictures. Um, You go find her missing persons. flyers online i believe i also have it posted on my page and continue to share that she's missing from alabama um and she still has family that is actively looking for her um the police have done several searches in the area she was last seen but so far we have nothing um she disappeared from a pretty public place um Though there may have not been people there at that time, there may have been, but also it was right off the highway. Lots of people were passing that area at that time. Someone had to see something. Someone had to know something. So if that case rings a bell or you're like, hey, I was in that area around that time, I ask that you go back and listen to that episode. And I ask that you, um, if you remember anything, if you remember seeing anything, please report it to that police. All right, guys, you guys be safe and I'll talk to you next week with a new episode.